Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. It is Wednesday, Hump Day, July the 20th, 2022. If you're looking for yesterday's program, my apologies. A technical glitch at the podcasting platform yesterday virtually and literally erased yesterday's live recorded production. So I don't have it. It's nowhere to be found. And I was a little proud of yesterday's program. I had a couple of new commercials in there I wanted you to hear. I'll try to remake those and do a backup recording. Not sure how this came about, but we did have computer issues yesterday, as did much of the nation. President Joe Biden continuing to mumble and fumble and crumble and bumble and stumble, muttering, puttering, fluttering, shuddering, stuttering, stammering, mumbling, fumbling, grumbling, crumbling Joe Biden. Let's take a look inside of the early morning White House press briefing after Joe Biden has his breakfast handed to him, his cup of morning Joe, which he's rather proud of. He thinks he invented that name. And of course, his litany of medication. Let's go inside the morning briefing, shall we? Well, good morning, Mr. President. Oh, who, 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 is Barack here? Who are you talking about? Did you say Mr. President? Well, I'm speaking to you, sir. Who, me? Y- yes, you, Mr. Biden, remember? You are the president now. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah I, I, I won. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, 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 y'all said I won. Yeah, that's right, I, I won. Uh, yes, sir. So here's today's talking points, Mr. President. Today's what? Talk, talk, what, we're talking about what? What about points? Are we talking about little girls' chest? Points? No? Uh, Mr. President, uh, we're gonna talk about what we need to speak about today when you're in public, sir. Sir? Mr. President, are you with me here? Uh, uh yeah, 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 uh, sorry, I, I was, I, I was just thinking about little, little, little girls' chest there. Uh, about little kids in, in, in the pool and, 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 and you know, like, uh, eight, nine, nine-year-old girls. Yeah, they, they sure don't make them like they used to. Uh, uh, Mr. President, the talking points? Yeah, yeah, sure. Today, Mr. President, we need to make sure that you mention how you have lowered gasoline prices by 40 cents over the past three weeks, okay? Gas prices 40 cents a gallon? <laughs> Back when I was a Scrappy Joe in Scranton, Pennsylvania, we had gasoline price about 40 cents a gallon. I used to drive my little car around there, 40 cents a gallon. You know, you could fill up your car and, and go to movies and get a popcorn and even get, get a... Uh, get, get a malted there afterwards at, at, at the diner for for for, uh, for less than a fiver. Uh, y- yes, Mr. Biden. But we don't want to mention the fact that gasoline prices have risen by more than double since you took office, okay? Look, Jack, I've been a U.S. Senator for 40 years now. You know, uh, for 40 years I've, I've been in the U- U- uh, United States Senate. Well, Mr. President, you're the president now, remember? Mr. President, did you take all of your pills today, sir? I didn't take that yucky pink one. It sticks to my tongue. Besides, it's bitter, and I don't like the way it makes my tummy feel. Oh, and I didn't take the blue one either. You see, when I want to get a rise out of little Barack, that's what I call my... Mr. President? Uh, no, no, this is not hyperbole here. Get the facts straight, Jack. When I want my little guy to stand at attention, I, I, I just think about little uh, little, little eight-year-old girls and, and, and little black kids in the pool rubbing my, my hairy, b- b- blonde, blonde, uh, hairy legs. This has been a minute inside the White House morning briefing. Steve Yes, as the Biden administration fumbles and stumbles and crumbles before our very eyes, the House Democrats are touting a bill that would add four additional seats to the United States Supreme Court. 
the Hill's Julia Mueller says, a group of House Democrats called for legislation on Monday that would add four seats to the U.S. Supreme Court, lamenting an ultra-right-wing branch that just overturned Roe v. Wade's decision on abortion rights. Here's what happens. And it happened in Venezuela, where they have, what is it, 140 Supreme Court members now, or something like that. It's 40, 140. The eight lawmakers that cited Supreme Court decisions rolling back Miranda rights, threw out a New York gun law, and allowed religion to somehow surface in public schools, as well as the Dobbs v. Jackson women's health decision that overturned Roe, those representatives, Hank Johnson, a Democrat of Georgia, the lead sponsor of the so-called 2021 Judiciary Act, called the current makeup of the United Supreme Court as a Supreme Court at crisis with itself and with our democracy, where our basic freedoms are under assault from the 6-3 to three conservative supermajority on the bench. So here's what happens. You guys add four. Then the Republicans add four more. And then you guys get pissed, so you add four more. And then we add four more after that, and so on and so on and so on. You see, the United States Supreme Court is not susceptible to the popular vote or the electoral college vote. It's not like Congress. It's not like the presidency. Johnson says it has used that fact to amass power. My friends, the Supreme Court has one purpose, and that is to determine whether a law passed by Congress and signed by a president is in fact constitutional. Does it fall in line with the basic founding documents of our country? Facing Republican opposition and Democratic skepticism, the bill actually has very little chance of ever becoming law. It's just a little temper tantrum being thrown by a few Democrats who want to see legal baby murder throughout the country, who want to make sure that only cops and criminals have guns, that you and I, law-abiding citizens, should not have guns. And, of course, they want unfettered taxation without further representation. Lawmakers at Monday's press conference blamed Donald Trump and the conservative legal movement for enabling what they call a partisan court. My friends, there is a sickness in this country, and it is called the Democratic Party. And unless we cure that sickness, we're in trouble. I just loves me some Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana. This down-home grassroots guy tells it like it is, and that's why I love to play excerpts of his commentary here on the Truth Hurts program. He says Biden's woke agenda has made him a lame duck president. John Kennedy says he has concerns about Biden's leadership, calls him a lame duck halfway through the first term. Take a listen to John Kennedy. He speaks the truth. Boy, I could spend an hour on that. I I realize the first lady's not having a very good time, but imagine how the president feels. He is less than halfway through his term, and he's already a lame duck. The majority of Americans think he shouldn't run for re-election. The majority of Democrats think he won't, shouldn't run for re-election. Um, a lot of his colleagues are already talking about running against him. And the only way he's going to find his footing, in my judgment, 
And the only way that uh, uh, the American people are going to, to be better off is to reverse his woke policies. It's yeah. just that simple. You reap what you sow. Otherwise, I mean, the, the American people are just going to continue to uh, to not eat, trust him eat with a with a glow stick. The American people trust him not even with a glow stick, much less a lightsaber. Star Wars reference here. By the way, today, July 20th, 2022, is National Hot Dog Day. Whether you like your frankfurter with chili and cheese, or mustard and relish, or onions and ketchup, today is National Hot Dog Day, so look for specials at restaurants somewhere near you. Personally, I like a 100% all-beef hot dog grilled on a charcoal grill and a toasted bun with a little mayonnaise, ketchup, pickles, mustard, and a touch of chili on top. According to Fox News, there's a polling data information sheet on their website. Renominate Joe Biden in 2024 amongst Democratic primary voters. Those aged 18 to 29 years old who are registered as Democrats, only 5% of them want Biden to run 94% of 18 to 29-year-old registered Democrats say they want an other candidate than Biden. White-identified Democrat registered voters, only 18% want Biden to run again. A clear 70%, a supermajority, want other candidates to run instead of Biden. Amongst Hispanics, only 33%, just shy of one-third of Hispanic Democrats want Biden to run. 63% want other candidates to run on the Democrat ticket. And black voters, 43% say they'd like Biden to run again. 47% of black registered Democrats say they do not want the sitting president to run for re-election. This according to the New York Times, Siena College Research Institute's July 5 through 7, 2022 poll of 849 registered voters. And yet Biden will stand there and lie to the camera and say that 92% want him to run again. It's not true. It's just simply not true. Justin Haskins, contributor to The Hill, says, Despite Jobs Recovery, more Americans are hooked on Medicaid and food stamps to the tune of millions more Americans, and Biden is to blame. In recent weeks, gropey Joe Biden has continued his long-standing lie, his deceptive tradition of claiming that the administration has ushered in an unprecedented era of economic growth. Well, that is a lie. Runaway inflation of 9.1% is not unprecedented. It happened when Jimmy Carter was president. Remember? When you were a young senator? And it's happening now thanks to your economic policies, Mr. Biden. Biden said in July 8th, in a statement to the press, supposedly he wrote this, this has been the fastest and strongest jobs recovery in American history. That's a lie. And it would not have been possible without the decisive action my administration took last year to fix a COVID, broken COVID response. Wrong. Remember, three times more people have died of COVID in Biden's first year in office than died of COVID in Trump's final year in office. 
He also says the passage of the American Rescue Plan to get our economy back on track was one of the things that made the recovery possible. Oh, it's true that millions of jobs have been recovered since Biden took office, but few, if any, were the results of his efforts to fix a broken COVID response or the passage of the very costly inflation-causing American Rescue Plan. The vast majority of jobs recovered, not created, recovered, were the direct result of the development of the COVID-19 vaccines under Donald Trump, an achievement that occurred because of Operation Warp Speed under Donald Trump, not Joe Biden. And because state governments, not the White House, finally began to come to their senses in 2021 and reversed course on all of those draconian policies that kept much of their own economies shuttered through most of the year. Most importantly, Biden's misleading claims make no mention of the economic crises now brewing as a direct results of the Democrats' reckless policies, tax and spend and tax and tax again. There are many, many millions more Americans who are now hooked on government welfare programs, despite low unemployment and 11 million job openings. In fact, enrollment in the Medicaid and CHIP Children's Health Insurance Programs offer excellent illustrations of a disturbing trend. In February 2020, just prior to the outbreak of COVID-19 in America, there were 71 million people enrolled in Medicaid and CHIP. As of March of this year, the most recent available data, there are now 88 million enrolled on Medicaid and CHIP. That's a 23% increase in just a little bit over two years' time. Although most of the rise in Medicaid enrollment occurred in 2020 when millions of workers lost their employment as a result of Democrat cities and states imposing lockdowns, a sizable chunk of the increase has occurred during Biden's time in the White House. According to data from the Centers of Medicare and Medicaid Services, enrollment in CHIP and Medicaid skyrocketed by 6 million people since Biden took office. Strangely, during that same period, the number of Americans also rose by just over 6 million. It's not limited to Medicaid either. Enrollment in SNAP, the food stamp program, has increased by more than 4 million from 36.8 to 41.3 million under Joe Biden. So why has the number of American families dependent on government expanded while the employment has recovered? Well, you can thank the bass-ackwards policies imposed by congressional Democrats in 2020 and expanded by the Biden administration throughout 2021 and 2022. When the Democrat-led Congress passed so-called COVID-19 relief legislation in March of 2020, it increased Medicaid funding for states. One of the conditions states were forced to accept in order to receive the additional funds was a requirement for continuous coverage, which made it illegal for state governments to remove most Americans from their Medicaid rolls until the federal government lifts the so-called public health emergency designation. And since Biden lives in constant crisis mentality, he has yet to lift the public health emergency designation, even though the World Health Organization, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the National Institutes of Health, and other organizations say COVID is just going to have to be a pesky fact of life 
and it is no longer the emergency they claimed it was just two years ago. There's a similar provision in the Families First Coronavirus Response Act that allows states to continue to receive additional federal food stamp funding while waiving time limits, work requirements, or other requirements of recipients as long as the so-called public health emergency for COVID-19 remains in place. Despite America's low coronavirus death rate of late and the near-complete reopening of all state and local economies nationwide, the Biden administration's Department of Health and Human Services has repeatedly renewed the public health emergency declaration. It was set to expire on July the 15th, but the Biden administration says they're going to keep the designation in place until at least the middle of October of this year. You see, if he keeps a bunch of people on food stamps and welfare and all of these other government programs, he's hoping that bribe will alert, will urge them rather to vote Democrat in the November upcoming midterm elections. Biden's embracing of the never-ending so-called public health emergency has forced states to keep millions of people enrolled in Medicare and food stamps, which would other, otherwise not be eligible. These people have gone back to work, and yet they get to keep all the benefits while they work. Talk about a duplication of benefits. It has substantially increased dependency on food stamps. And it's like I always say about the stray cat, my friends. If you put food on the back porch today, the cat will come and eat it. And as long as you continue to put food on the back porch, the cat will continue to come and eat it. And when you stop eating it, that's when destruction occurs and the cat stops being nice to you. He starts urinating on things and scratching and clawing and biting at things. Of course, this should come as no surprise. Liberal politicians like Gropey Joe Biden always expand the size of government when the opportunity presents itself. And for them, the COVID-19 crisis has been the mother of all opportunities. This is the Truth Hurts program. Sticks and stones can break your bones, but words should never hurt you. Unless you're a liberal, woke, progressive, snowflake Democrat. And then the words are what really matter. It's the words. Meanwhile, down in Texas, a blogger paid by Democrat Representative Vincente Gonzalez's campaign is attacking Republican opponent, newly appointed Representative Mayra Flores. He calls her Miss Frijole and a cotton-picking liar. And that has prompted a wave of denunciation by fellow Democrats who wish to distance themselves from the racist name-calling. You see, three days after Gonzalez's campaign wrote a $1,200 check to the McHale Report blog on June 24th for, quote, advertising services, unquote, this foul, abusive, racist, bigoted language began to surface. This, according to the Democrats' Federal Election Commission finance report, the blog, which has called Ms. Flores, quote, Miss Frijoles, unquote, 21 times since then, has said they have not published those ads. But we know they have. Flores, in a Twitter post on Monday, accused the Gonzalez campaign of paying a local blogger to run hateful and racist ads against me. But the Gonzalez campaign is denying such a thing. Of course, the congressman is against referring to Representative Flores as Miss Frijoles or a cotton-picking liar, 
according to Gonzalez's campaign manager in a text to NBC News. And many other Democrats in Texas and nationwide are starting to distance themselves from the Gonzalez campaign and, of course, the blogger, McHale, who refuses to back down. He says, quote, I'm a liberal Democrat and it's war against the Republican. I'm going to be merciless with her. He told this to NBC News. The controversy, which illustrates the blurred lines between paying political bloggers for advertising and advocacy, is the latest flashpoint in the wild, rugged politics in Texas. Miss Flores last month became the first Republican to win a seat since 1870. She's also the first Congresswoman ever born in Mexico. Two years before her victory, then-President Donald Trump improved his margins down there, along with his most majority Hispanic districts and counties nationwide. Democrats note Trump still lost within the boundaries of the 34th Congressional District, and they claim that Ms. Flores only won because the party didn't spend too much to contest her in a special election after the previous Democrat left the seat to join a lobbying firm in Washington. Follow the money is what I always say. I don't want to spend too much more time on this. Ms. Flores is the victim of hate speech at the hands of a blogger paid for by her Democratic opponent. Fox Business writes, Biden administration takes credit for gas price drop despite the blame game. They can't have it both ways. It's taken the Fox Business Network a few days to come up with this story, but the bottom line is, and I said this weeks ago, when we first saw a three cent per gallon drop overnight in some fueling stations across the country, I said, now watch Biden and his crew try to take credit for the price drop when they refuse to take blame for the price increase. On the day Joe Biden took office, regular unleaded gasoline was on a nationwide average price of $2.39 per gallon. As of yesterday, the 19th day of July 2022, the average price, $4.49.9 of a gallon, $4.50. And that is an 87.8% higher fuel price yesterday than on the day Biden took office and began to destroy the fossil fuel industry. Yet his little black puppet, his little gay black puppet, Karine Jean-Pierre, the first gay lesbian, black press secretary for the White House. And she loves to be called that. She is proud of the fact that she's the first gay, lesbian, black woman as the press secretary for the White House. Good for you, it only took 246 years. She is trying to say that this is Biden's doing. She is trying to say that Biden is lowering gas prices, but she refuses to admit or even answer or acknowledge when a reporter says, but isn't Joe Biden responsible for the rise to begin with? Adam Laxalt said, I have to remind people that Nevada used to be at the very, very bottom of a list. We had $2 a gallon gas just a few years ago. And so yeah, five plus dollars, we have places in Nevada where it's over $6. It's astonishing numbers. It's crippling people's daily incomes, their ability to get around. And we're a Western state, by the way, so people drive everywhere, especially in rural Nevada, suburbs of Las Vegas and Reno. And so for the Biden administration to try and have it both ways 
and go to Putin with the price hike and try to take credit for the drop is ludicrous. Senator Masto has been running ads claiming that it's all greedy oil executives taking the money. She's actually running ads blaming Adam Laxalt, someone running against her. And if you can believe it, even blaming private citizens for high gas prices. As soon as it goes down a teeny bit, all of a sudden they're going to try and give Biden credit for it. And so as we know, the only reason the futures are going down is because they're predicting we're going to have a recession and that people aren't going to be able to afford to drive. So things are very, very bad in our state of Nevada. People are really, really struggling with both gasoline prices and inflation. The White House did not comment on that news report from Fox Business. Ah, speaking of Fox Business, they were one of the only stations that reported Nancy Pelosi's husband secretly buying over a million dollars of computer chips stocks ahead of a vote. Paul Pelosi, the drunk driving husband of speaker naughty nasty Nazi Nancy Pelosi, made a stock purchase of over a million dollars in a computer chip company just a couple of weeks before a potential vote in Congress, which would give a massive subsidy to that industry. But anyone who would rely on CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC, HLN, The New York Times, or any of the other liberal news outlets would have no idea that Paul Pelosi did this. You see, he made a purchase of between 1 million and 5 million shares of NVIDIA, a semiconductor company, according to a disclosure filing made by Speaker Pelosi's office. He then exercised 200 call options, meaning 20,000 shares in that disclosure uh, status. The disclosure raised eyebrows as Reuters reported that the Senate could vote on a bill that contains billions of dollars in subsidies within the semiconductor industry as early as this week. But those news networks refused to mention Paul Pelosi on the air when the news broke on July 15th. Uh, but Steve Z, maybe they did it and you just didn't hear it on CNN, ABC, MSNBC, CBS, NBC, HLN, or any of those other news outlets. Maybe you just didn't hear it and they really said it. Well, that would be fine. But the problem is, a search of the transcripts was conducted by Fox News Digital, and in fact, those networks did not mention this very questionable ethics issue. Curtis Hauk is the managing editor of the right-leaning media watchdog Newsbusters. He says it's no accident the liberal media have made the decision to ignore the story that would damage Pelosi. For those that are aware of it, they have zero comprehension and or shame to realize how it's a quintessential story of how the elites work for their own financial benefit and not of the American people. If this were Kevin McCarthy's wife, there'd be zero question as to whether those networks would be having full reports with snarky chirons and commentaries from the Don Limons and the Rachel Maddows of the world. Same goes for the major newspapers. A1 stories would be guaranteed, but because it involves Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, they'd rather play ball with their Democratic friends and avoid drawing the ire of the Speaker's office. Such a shame. And the Pelosi's are set to make millions of dollars on this purchase and it's all being funded with grants from your tax dollars. Such a shame. <laughs>
Let me buzz through the rest of the headlines quickly. Biden holds off for now on a climate emergency declaration after saying he was going to issue a strong executive action on climate. So he flipped and flopped and flipped again. White House could declare climate emergency as soon as Wednesday, according to some sources, is what the next headline reads. And then Biden vows strong executive action on climate. Here are three moves he could make followed by the Biden holds off for now on a climate emergency declaration. Joe Biden urged to abolish immigration and customs enforcement as the agency runs out of money. This next uh, headline, Soros backs Beto O'Rourke's bid for Texas governor with a $1 million donation. Biden's assault on the U.S. Border Patrol agents continues even though they were exonerated in the false lie that they were whipping people with horse whips. Next headline, secret documents reveal FBI investigated decision to give cash to the Wuhan lab linked to COVID-19. Next, the scientific fact is now unscientific according to the woke left. We'll talk about that one on the next edition. Democrats want Biden to go scorched earth on the GOP. And here's another one we're going to look at a little more in depth. Black America is suffering disproportionately in Biden's inflation nation. It's time for a change. And... The dip in gas prices could be too little, too late for Democrats and Biden. That's all the time I have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody. We will see you next time. Steve Sadie at the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing. Background music provided by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Mm-hmm.